Good morning, Hoporawa. Hey, my family, I love you so much and I miss you guys. Uh, it's been a long time since I visited uh, the church there in Ottawa, but, uh, um, but know that we are praying for you and we love you and we know that the Lord is working uh, in you and in your pastor, uh, Pastor Ray and Natalie, that we love so much and uh, are praying for all of you guys. A lot has been going on since the last time we saw each other. One of the things that happened is that uh, since last week, I know you will uh, be filled with joy and will rejoice with us uh, at this news. Uh, we've been meeting in this little church for uh, two weeks now. So um, it's such a joy. We meet here on, a, on, on Sundays on, at 2 p.m. and we can have worship and preaching and prayers and uh, I invite you to just continue to pray with us that the Lord will manifest his glory here on the south shore of Montreal that he will add to his church that Jesus will continue to build his church in this province for his glory and for our greatest joy so um, so glad to be in the Word of God with you this morning you know when Pastor Ray asked me uh, my brother asked me to, to bring the word uh, for you on this particular date um, I, I didn't know what to preach in and um, he told me you were in John 14 and all of this and then we realized that today is the day of Pentecost it's 50 days after Easter and today will mark uh, the day of Pentecost in the Bible so uh, the day of Pentecost is uh, the feast of the harvest and if you notice in Acts 2 the day that the Lord decided to, uh, to, to fill His people with His Holy Spirit is the day of Pentecost when He, he brought a harvest of 3,000 souls into the church after Peter preached the Word of God. So it's an amazing opportunity for us to continue that series in John 14 and be in that chapter in these verses, verses 15 to 31, where it's one of the most important texts concerning the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the whole Bible. And of all days, we are, we are in that text on, days, on the day of Pentecost. So uh, I know that the Lord is the one who is orchestrating all of these things that are happening. And I pray that after this message today, after this message this morning, that we will have our heart craving for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, we can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. In the text we, are, we have in front of us... Um, Jesus will be very clear about that. But one of the things that I realize, uh, it's been uh, last month, it's been nine years that I'm in full-time ministry and meeting with many people through the years, walking with them in their seasons of life and, and talking with so many pastors from different denominations, even in this particular period, we have built a church that is so uh, full of ministries, full of services, full of accommodations, full of things that are, are so attractive. And we have uh, built so many ministries and we have so many tactics to bring people from outside into the church that sometimes we realize that we can do a lot without the Holy Spirit. And it's very sad. Like we, we, we feel like we, we don't really need him anymore because we have tactics and we have strategies and all of this. We have plans. But it's sad because how much of all of this will really be fruits in the presence of God one day? How many of that will be just human efforts? And how many of that will truly be fruits of the Holy Spirit? So... 
<laughs> looking at that text and, and meditating on the role and the person and work of the Holy Spirit, I'm just thinking, how many of us can be very discouraged in our Christian lives? We are walking, walking this Christian life and it's often like roller coaster up and down and up and down. And we are trying so hard to obey to the Lord's command and, and to do what the Bible tells us to do. And, and you know, it's just, it's just crazy because we look at our Christian life and, and we are trying so hard in our own strength. And that's why we are so discouraged so often. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's so, uh, it's so tiring for all of us. We're not supposed to do that. We cannot do that. I cannot keep watchful on my prayer life. I cannot be a, a, a Christian that is devout uh, to Christ in my own strength. I cannot fight sin in my own strength. I cannot resist laziness in my own strength. I cannot walk every day against the culture of our time in my own strength. I need help. And you know what Jesus is telling us? You have help if you believe in me. And we will see in that text. We are in, in John chapter 14. If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab your Bible. We are in John 14, verse 15 to 31. And in this uh, part of the text, in this chapter, uh, there is a certain pattern. When we read the text, we see that there's a, a certain sentence that comes again and again, four times, in fact, in that text. And that sentence talks about, if you love me, if we love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. So that will be the structure of our preach, of our, of our message this morning. If we love him, we will keep his commandment. We will come back to that. We will separate the text with each time Jesus uses that sentence. And we will see how Jesus put some emphasis uh, on certain things on each of these sections. So I suggest there's, there's a lot to cover in a short period of time. So I suggest you go ahead and grab your Bible, grab your notebook, grab your pen, uh, just drink your coffee really quickly and be ready. Sit tight on your seat and, and, and please, even if it's on the screen, be very uh, uh, watchful, be very um, concentrated, listen carefully because the Lord wants to talk to you this morning. I believe that. I don't believe that God is in only one place at one time. God fills everything. Our God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time, fully, completely. He is here with me as I'm preaching this message. He's here with you as you're listening to this message. And He wants to do something in your heart. You believe that, church? I know I'm hearing amen uh, even from here. So let's pray together and ask God to help us uh, walk through this text. And, um, and we'll go ahead and dive right into it. Let's pray. Father, we are very, very thankful that you allow us to use technologies to connect together, to hear your word, to pray and sing to you, to worship you, to look at you, to receive your word. Lord, Lord your word is so powerful. Your word is alive. Holy Spirit, we will look at you this morning. We will try to understand a little bit more what you're doing in, in our lives. And we pray that you will fill us with your presence. We pray that you will make it really real to our heart that God lives in us. That we are in a relationship with the triune God, with the living God, with the one true God. 
the God that can change everything, the God that can restore us right now, the God that can console us, the God that, that can comfort us, the God that can give us strength in our weaknesses, the God who can guide us in our decisions, the God who can give us joy in the midst of sadness and heaviness, the God who can give us hope this morning, even if we, if we have trouble seeing another day. Lord, this morning I pray that we will be so attentive, so focused on you, Lord, even if it's on the screen, that we will know for sure that you've been with us, that you've done something in our heart. We pray in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. The big idea for this text today is really simple. It's this. It is possible to walk in loving obedience, but you need a helper. It is possible to walk in loving obedience, but we need a helper. Listen, we have four points this morning. It seems a lot, but... I pray that uh, you will be able to, to follow. It's, it's really simple, but it's really powerful. So let's uh, dive right into it and read verse 15 to 17 in the beginning. Verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus is talking only to the 12, to the 11 apostles, in fact, because Judas, the betrayer, has already left. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You know, in the preceding chapters, Jesus talked a lot about his love for the disciples. Even in chapter 13, you, you, you remember Jesus washed the feet of the disciples to, to, to show them how much he loved them. He humiliated himself and, and served them to give them an example and to, to show to them how much he loved them. But here it's the first time that he, it, it turns the other way and Jesus begins to talk about their love for him for the first time. And he begins to, to tell them how it's supposed to be. He links, um, he links the love that they have for him in an unbreakable chain with obedience. Jesus says very clearly four times in that text, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my word. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. And it's very meaningful. The thing that we need to understand first is that he's not saying, if you keep my commandments, I will love you. He's not saying, if you keep my commandments, then the result will be love for me. He's saying, if you love me, so the obedience comes out of love for Jesus Christ, not the other way around. It's because we love Jesus deeply that we want to follow him, that we trust him, we trust his word, and we want to walk in the ways that he is teaching to us. So if we love him, we will keep his commandment. It's, it's absolutely uh, inseparable. Love for Christ and obedience to Christ is absolutely inseparable. It goes together. If you love him, you will walk in his ways. Just right there, we can take a, a stop and, 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 and just try to think about our lives and think, am I loving Christ? 
Am I walking in His ways? Am I following the ordinance of God? Am I following the commandments of Jesus? Because if I do, if I, if I do not, and I say I love Him, it doesn't work. If I love Him, I will walk in His ways. So the first point, we, we jump right into it. I tell you, it's so, I, I'm so passionate about this text. It's, it's very powerful. I was filled with worship as I was preparing that. And I pray it will do the same thing for you. Here, the first point is really simple. All the points will be in, written in the same way. Love through obedience. Why? Because that's the four things that Jesus repeat and then explain it in a little section. So love seen through obedience, number one, not in my own strength. Not in my own strength. 1.1, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Love seen to obedience, number one. Not in my own strength, but with the help of the Holy Spirit. He says here, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Listen, the, the context here, Jesus is, in, is with his disciples in this upper room. They are taking the last meal in. He's preaching to them uh, for the last time before going to Gethsemane and, and after that being delivered to be crucified. So Jesus is talking with them, his last speech with them. And he is in this upper room. I mean, he already told them that he was going to leave. He is going to die. He is going to be delivered and be crucified. He knows that. They know that because he told them already. So they can be a little... Um, in comfort, there can be a little stress in the hearts of the disciples thinking, we've been walking with Jesus for three years. We've been walking with Him for three years. He's been teaching us. He's been caring for us. He's been feeding us. He's been calming the storm and, and bringing peace to us. He's been just giving us power to, 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 um, to get rid of demons. And He's been giving us power to heal the sick. He's been doing so much good. He's been our mentor, our teacher, our Lord. We've been with Him for three years. We cannot wrap our minds around the fact that, that we will be without Him very soon. And it's in this context that Jesus says, I will send you another helper. You see, one of the words that is so important here is another. Meaning that there's already a helper here. And it's not really complicated. Many of you already made the, the link. Jesus is that other helper. Jesus has been the one helping them, being with them, being besides them, and, and walking the life with them, teaching them the Word of God, showing them the way, taking care of them. But now that he's leaving, he's saying, I will send you another helper. You will not be left alone. Here, um, the first thing we see also in the text is that it begins with, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And, and, you know, even since I began talking, many of you can say, man, how can we do that? Like keeping God's commandment is so hard. I, I look at this and it's like, it's like thinking about all the things that the Lord is teaching us, all the pages of the word of God. And it's so hard to keep all of this in balance. How am I supposed to walk in all of this? It's too big for me. It's too hard for me. And Jesus knows that. You know what? Even, even in his call to love him, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. I believe that Jesus right here is teaching us that even loving him, we are not able to do that in our own strength. We need help. 
If we want to walk in His commandment and love Him, we need help. We need the Holy Spirit to come and, and be our helper. The Holy Spirit is the one who can equip us and allow us to do that. Here the Holy Spirit is called helper in the ESV that I'm reading from. But elsewhere, I think in the King James, it's Conferter, another version. I think the NIV as Advocate. Uh, all those terms, all those words are used to translate the Greek term parakletos. It's a Greek term that is very hard to translate in English because uh, it means literally the one who is called besides. Mainly to help. The one who is called besides. And that's what Jesus is saying. I am the one who has been besides you all this time. But I'm sending another one. I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you as orphans, as we will see later. Uh, he's also called the Spirit of Truth. And Jesus said, a little sooner in, his, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here, the Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. So one thing that we see is that Jesus is talking about someone else that will come, that is th the same as He is. He is the helper. He is the one who has been with them. He will send someone that will continue Jesus' ministries to His disciples. So don't be afraid. Don't be scared, disciples. Don't be stressed out. Don't fear that I'm leaving because I am sending someone else that will continue what I have begun with you. The Spirit is the Spirit to testify to the truth, who reveal the truth and apply the truth. And we'll see more on this later. But the main thing Jesus is saying here is that another one will come, another that is the same as he is. And he says also, they know him. He says, you know him, at the end of verse 17, you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. See the difference? It's like it's even better. Jesus says, I'm with you right now. I I'm walking with you on earth, but the one I will send will not just be with you or beside you, it will be in you. That's, that's a close relationship. Not only being beside, but being in you. In you, the, the other helper, the Holy Spirit will come and live in you. How awesome is this? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Listen, if you look on the screen right now, I put, I put on the screen for you the ministry of the Holy Spirit compared with the ministry of Jesus. And we can see how close uh, the Spirit is doing exactly the, the same thing as Jesus is doing while He is on earth. Just as Jesus had come forth from the Father into the world as the, Father, as the Father's gift to mankind, so it is with the paraclete. And you have the verses and chapters that are found in, in the Gospel of John. Just as the Father sent the Son into the world as His representative, so the paraclete will be sent in Jesus' name. Just as Jesus remained with and guided the disciples, so will the paraclete. Just as Jesus taught them the truth because He was the truth, so the Spirit of truth will lead them into all the truth about Jesus. Just as Jesus did not draw attention to Himself, but set out to glorify His Father by passing on the Father's message to men, so the paraclete will not speak of His own authority, but will take what is mine and declare it to you, says Jesus. And lastly, just as Jesus bore witness to the Father, the Spirit will bear witness to Jesus. So this other helper will continue the ministry of Jesus and will help us to walk in the commandments of God. And he will put that testimony inside of us, help us to love Jesus as we are supposed to. Um, 
It will seem very hard to fulfill what the Lord commands us if it was not for the Holy Spirit in us. You know, what Jesus is talking about here, the Spirit coming and changing us and helping us to fulfill the Word of God and to obey His commandment is a, is a fulfillment of a prophecy that has been repeated often in the Old Testament. And even in Ezekiel 36 verse 27 is one of my favorite concerning that. It's, it, is says that uh, it is said sorry, that... Uh, I will put my spirit within you and cause you. Look who's doing the action here. It's God doing this action in us. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So to love God and to walk in His ways, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. It's absolutely true. We need Him so much. We cannot do this on our own. If you understand only this this morning, you cannot do this Christian life on your own. That's what is really uh, boggling for many people. I met with a couple last week that came to me and said, we want to know Jesus and we want to become Christians. And I said, it's great. Look, it, it didn't happen often in my life that people from outside just come and say, we want to know Jesus. I will help you with that for sure. But one thing was clear to me is that it's not just a decision that you make like that. You cannot just say, I want to live for Jesus. I want to be a Christian now. There's something that needs to happen in your heart. And it's the role of the Holy Spirit to come and change your life and change your heart and, and take your heart of stone and put a heart of flesh inside of you and a heart that will love God and desire to obey His command. You cannot do that on your own. So the, the 1.2 in the first point, okay, will go faster now, okay? We established the basis, the Holy Spirit sent by Jesus Christ to work in us and continue His ministry. Now, the second thing we see here, under the point that it's not in our own strength, it's with the help of the Holy Spirit, and secondly, it's with the help of a living hope. Look at me, uh, with me with, at uh, verse 18 to 20. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Okay, it seems a little confusing. I'm in the Father, you in me, and I in you. So we are in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father, and Jesus is in us. So there's a, 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 a unity that is, that is right here that is so powerful and so wonderful that it's even hard to wrap our minds around this. But Jesus here is talking about His burial, resurrection, and also about the last day. He's talking about His burial when He says, Yet a little while and the world will see Me no more. He will be crucified soon. He will be buried. He will die. And, and, and then after three days, He will come back. And He says, But you will see Me. He is coming back and He will show Himself to His disciples in His resurrection body. And Jesus will manifest Himself to them in that way. And the result of that, the result of Jesus dying, dying for our sin, dying in our place, dying and being uh, buried and coming back to life, being a sacrifice, being accepted by the Father as the righteous payment for our sin, that the Father just accepted that, and Jesus rising again, being alive again, and going to the Father is our guarantee that we will live again with Him if we have faith in Jesus Christ. Because He says, right here, because I live, you also will live. What He's saying here is that His life is so powerfully linked to our life in faith that as long as Jesus lives, we will live also. 
It is amazing. Try to think about that for one second. Because we have faith in Jesus Christ, we are dead to sin and we are alive to God. And, and now our life is Christ's life. So as long as Jesus lived, and it is forever because Jesus died once and he will never die again because Jesus is alive, our life is linked to his. That means we will never die. Why are we so afraid of all the things that are happening in our world right now? That is powerful hope that we see right here. Our life is linked to Jesus' life. And he says that at the end, uh, at the end of day, on the day that Jesus will come back the second time, we will know that Jesus is in the Father, that, that we are in Him and He is in us. It's hard to understand, but Jesus says, okay, right now, we, the, the Holy Spirit will come. He will live in you. He will bring the presence of God inside of you. And it's the beginning of something that will be greater one day. One day we will see in full. We will be in heaven with God and we will fully understand the relationship of the Son with the Father and us in them. It would be so awesome. Just try to think about that for a second. How awesome is this that we will never die? So many people are afraid of death, but it should not be the case for Christians. Because we know that death is just the beginning of our true eternal life with Christ in heaven. It's the Holy Spirit that brings that conviction in our heart. You know Romans 8, if you go into that chapter, you can find that verse that says that the Holy Spirit is testifying to our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit convicts us, con convinces us that we are the children of God. So all the disciples will soon suffer because Jesus is leaving them with a mission. And they will go and preach a gospel. And many people will come to Christ, but they will be crucified. Some of them, Peter heads down. They will be uh, martyr for God's glory. But they don't care about their own life. Because they know they have assured hope in heaven with Christ. Do you have that hope, brothers and sisters? Do you have that powerful hope that can make you walk through anything, knowing that true life, joyful life, eternal life, where there's no more pain, tears, suffering, death, is in heaven with God when Jesus comes back? But listen, love seen through obedience is possible, not by my own strength, but with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the help of hope, but it doesn't, look, it doesn't end here. Look with me at verse 21 to 23. Love seen through obedience number two, not without the loving presence of God. Verse 21, Jesus continues saying, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. You see that sentence coming back again? He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone's love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and listen to this, and we will come to him and make our home with him. How powerful is that? Oh, Judas here was probably thinking about the second, second coming of Jesus here. Thinking, how is it that the world will not see you? When I thought when you come back that the world will see it. And, but Jesus is talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So in this sense, Jesus won't be manifested to the whole world in that sense. But only to them who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Only to them who believe in Jesus Christ for their salvation. 
So he says, loving Christ is being loved by the Father and the Son. And the result of that is that the Son manifests himself to the believer. So loving Jesus is obeying him and it's being also loved by the Father. So the famous John 3.16 that everyone quotes and everyone knows, uh, this verse tells us that if we love Jesus, it's because the Father loves us first and that He chose us from eternity past. Because John 3.16 says, God, and He's talking about the Father, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, His only begotten Son, so that whoever believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the Father loved us and chose the, the, the elect in His love. And how do we know that they are elect? They love Christ. There's a work happening in their heart and they begin to love Jesus Christ. And we know that the Father loved them because they love Christ and walk in His commandments. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, Peter is talking about the same, uh, the same way when he talks about the, 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 the triune God action in salvation. He says that we have been elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. So Peter is saying the same thing as John right here, that if we are chosen by the Father, we are also for sure sanctified by the Holy Spirit and obedient to Jesus Christ. The trying God is working our salvation all together in this perfect plan. The Father chose the Holy Spirit, regenerate us. He just transformed us to be able to love Christ and obey Him. So John says the same thing as Peter right here. Loving Jesus is obeying Jesus and it's also being loved by the Father. But what is really wonderful here is that Jesus is talking about the fulfillment of many Old Testament prophecies right here. You know that moment, and maybe if you have a certain biblical background, you know that at some point Moses was called to build the tabernacle. And he built the place where, where God will come and, and manifest His holy presence in that place. And, and when he finished building it, the Lord manifests His presence and come down and fill that temple. And the, the whole people of God saw the presence of God in that place. When Solomon built his temple also, after praying and asking the Lord to, to fill this temple, the Lord came and filled this temple with His wondrous presence. And when Jesus came to walk on earth, the Lord God of heaven, God the Son, came down and the full presence of God was walking amongst men in Jesus Christ, the temple, the place where men can meet God. But Jesus is leaving soon. So what will happen with the presence of God amongst them? Jesus said, I will send my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit will fill you. And the true living God will come down in you to make His temple in the church and in the believer. Can you, can you believe that? It is awesome. It is amazing. It is wonderful. God, the prophecy that has been said for so long, the temple, the place where God will fill His temple is now the heart of the believer. The Holy Spirit will feel us. The presence of God will be with us. And that forever. One day it will be even greater as we will be 
glorified in our body and we will be in, in, in the full understanding. Without the limitation of sin and the flesh, we'll be in the, the full presence of God, being able to worship Him and see Him fully without being destroyed by His holiness. We'll be able to, to worship Him forever and understand His, His greatness and all of this. But right now we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. And it's a preview of what we will experience. But He is really there. If God lives in us, how can we say that we cannot keep going? Brothers and sisters, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have trouble right now pursuing your Christian life and continuing, you want to give up, listen to this. If the Holy God lives in you through His Holy Spirit, how can you say that you don't have the strength to keep going? He is with you. He is with you. Someone needs to hear that this morning. God is with you. He will not let you down. Are you in communion with Him? Are you calling up to Him to help? Are you asking, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to your presence? Here, you see the Holy Spirit is God. His works is so united to that of the Father and of the Son that Jesus is saying that having the Holy Spirit in us is living with the Father and the Son. He will make His home with us. And Jesus here says that the core of that divine habitation in us is love. The Spirit is ministering to our heart the love of God the Father and of God the Son. He is talking to us. He is ministering to our hearts, testifying to us how much God the Father and God the Son loves us. Do you know that love? Oh, the blessed assurance of belonging to God and being fully and perfectly loved by Him through the constant testimony of the Holy Spirit in us. So powerful, so good. Do you know that comfort? Do you know that quietness? Do you know that strength? If not, or maybe right now, if not much, the next point will be very eye-opening to understand how to get it back. So loving, loving obedience is possible only with the assurance of God's loving presence in us. Love seen through obedience, number three. Not without the living word. Verse 24 to 27. Read it with me. Verse 24 to 27. It says, Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Here it is, that sentence again. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father on the request of the Son. And here Jesus says that when he talks, it's not him who is speaking. He is not speaking his own words. He's speaking what the Father has given him to speak. And he says it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will tell you all that I have said. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell all of the words of Jesus. So it's interesting to notice here that in this verse, Jesus changed the word commandments with word. If you love me, you will obey my word. And the word I have spoken is from the Father. So the word of God here, from the Father to the Son, from the Son to the Spirit, from the Spirit to us. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to continue what Jesus started. We saw that already. But the Spirit will come and teach us all the Word of God. 
Many commentators here are, are taking that text to understand that the role of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus is talking about here, is specifically for the disciples, specifically for the apostles that will write down the Word of God. I believe it's true. Like the Holy Spirit inspired these men in particular to, to write down, to remember what Jesus said, to remember how Jesus interpreted the Old Testament. But it's not just that. It goes way beyond that. The Holy Spirit comes in us also and, and open our eyes, our eyes to understand the Word of God, mainly through the inspired Word. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says that all of scriptures are inspired by God, are inspired by the Spirit of God. So we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired all of this from Old Testament to New Testament. And 2 Timothy was talking about the Old Testament. And we believe the New Testament is also inspired by the Spirit of God. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 that the Word of God is the sword of the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus is saying here is that when the Holy Spirit will come, He will take this word as His sword and will work in our heart and will open our eyes to understand what the Lord is telling us. He will open our eyes to understand the whole counsel of God. The Holy Spirit ministry is to bring to us the Word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you can read how the, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is, is ripping the veil from our face to understand the Word of the Lord. He's also saying that God will say, as the same way He says at creation, let there be light, will say, let there be light in our heart so that we will understand the beauty of the gospel of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is bringing us to the Bible and revealing us the Word of God. So many of us can say, how can I obey the commandments of the Lord? Do you spend time in God's Word? How can I know the will of God for my life? Do you spend time in God's Word where it is all explained, all said? The Word of God is so powerful. It's the tool that the Holy Spirit uses all the time to work in our lives. Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 12 says that the Word of God is living and active. Why? Because those words are magical? No, because when you open that book, the Holy Spirit works His work. And He brings that word into our heart and makes us wise to salvation. So the Holy Spirit is filling us and bringing us the revelation of God. So when Jesus says, do not be troubled or be afraid in heart, receive my peace, how can I receive the peace of God? Open the book. Many of you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we are going through art season. We are having questions. We are going through trouble and all of this. And all of a sudden, we know we need to open the Word of God. We have that conviction from the Holy Spirit. And we just go into our holy place and open the Word of God and begin reading. And as we read the Word of God, all of a sudden, we feel that peace filling our heart. All of a sudden we can say, I know that the Lord is taking care of me. I know that the Lord will bring me home. I know that the Lord is taking all of my problem in His hands. Listen, have you ever read Psalm 19, verse 7 to 11? It talks about the words of God and it says that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precept of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true. 
and righteous altogether. Listen to this. They are more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. And one another, another passage that is so precious to my heart in these last weeks is Isaiah 11, verse 2. Isaiah 11, verse 2. It talks about the, the role of the Spirit of God in the Messiah. But also, since the Holy Spirit is given to us, He will do the same thing in our hearts and mind. It says in Isaiah 11, verse 2, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Do you know the power of the Word of God when the Spirit of God uses it in our heart? So some will say it's not a lot to read the Bible every day. Maybe it's just in Kubang, but it's true, it's not a lot, but it's life-giving, it's eye-opening, it's, it's literally wisdom acquiring, strengthening, restoring. Read the Word of God. The Holy Spirit works through His Word. It's His role. So yes, loving obedience is possible only through constant intakes of the powerful Word of God by the Holy Spirit. And lastly, brothers and sisters, quickly, I know I'm taking much time already, but number four, love seen through rejoicing in the obedience of Christ. You notice how things have changed here. Since the beginning is love seen through obedience, but Jesus changes everything's up right here. He says that now if we love Him, we will be rejoicing. Look with me at verse 28 to 31. He says, You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. Talks again about His death, resurrection. He continues, If you love me, see that sentence again, you will have rejoiced. Because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. You see, Jesus is saying here, one last thing concerning the love of Him. If we love Him, we will rejoice that He is going to the Father. And there's many reasons for that. But first of all, let's clarify that love for Jesus doesn't only mean obedience, it also means joy. Or maybe we can understand that obedience is joy. Obedience to Christ is joy. But here He's talking about the joy of seeing Him going to the Father. We can rejoice for so many reasons concerning that. One of the main thing, one of the main role of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will say that two chapters later in chapter 16, verse 14, he says that the helper will glorify him. And Jesus will leave this humble state on earth where he came to die for us, to go back to heaven, sit on his throne of glory and be in his rightful place as the righteous king, as the glorious king of heaven. And we need to rejoice of that because if Jesus doesn't go back to the Father, he will not send the Holy Spirit in us who brings the full presence of God inside of us to keep us, sanctify us, and save us, keep us to the end. Because of Jesus' obedience, we can rejoice because he says, I always do what the Father tells me to do. And that means even going to the cross and dying for us. So after talking about much of how I need to obey Christ, Christ is saying, you know what, in the end, it doesn't 
uh, it doesn't rest on your shoulder. Yes, we try to obey God. Yes, we rejoice. We, we find joy in obeying the Lord. But in the end, we know that it's not in our own strength. And we know that it's not our obedience that, that, that lead us to salvation. It's the, in the obedience of Christ. Christ obeyed the Father all the time. He didn't flinch in front of Satan. He obeyed the Father even to the cross. And he says that doing that, he showed to the world his love for the Father. And it's the same thing with us. Walking in the Spirit, obeying the Lord, is showing to the world our love for Christ. When the people around see us saying, we want to follow you, God. We want to obey your word. We want to follow you everywhere we will. you will lead us because we love you so much. People around can see that Jesus is truly our greatest treasure. And it's a powerful testimony. So, very simple application today. Rely on the Holy Spirit. With all your heart, rely every day, every second of your life. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for His help. Listen to Him through His Word. And let us pray and ask Him to make real to us today the Father's love and the Son's love. To make, to make it real in our heart that God lives in us and He keeps us. And He brings us to eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for this family in Ottawa. I pray, Lord, that this church will be a church who is filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and preach your gospel and see many people come to you, to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that we will be walking with assurance in our heart, with boldness, Lord, what can we fear if we know that our life is linked to yours? What can we fear if we know that the living God is living in us? What can we fear or, or where else can we go if we know that your word is everything we need to guide us and lead us in this life? So today, Holy Spirit, I pray, fill us, open our eyes. You are everything to us, Holy Spirit. We need you so much. Make us a people who walks according to your word. Make us a people who walks in communion, constant communion, daily communion with the Holy Spirit. For the glory of God, in Jesus Christ.